Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good, good. Okay, so my question today is, how are the churches overseas different than churches in North America, where specifically where no Western missionary has influenced or touched? Okay, this is a broad-ranging question, but... um, Let's let's talk about it this way, that when the missionaries went out from, let's say, 1750, um, even to today, but when that happened, what they took their form of religion, evangelical or traditional Christianity, and they took it with them to the fields and introduced this as the norm for new converts and new churches. So that means they took hymns, they took order of service, <laughs> they took uh, prayer, they took musical instruments, they took uh, everything, style, um, Sunday school. All of it was great. There's no, you know, it's just the way it was. So that's all they knew. They took it with them and they planted it in the churches around the world that they touched. Now, um, fast forward to today whereby you've got now some of those traditional churches in countries, um, and they've adopted our style. They've modified it to be more modern. There's the internet, whereby they look online now and see what North America is doing. And if North America is doing it, well, that's what we should be doing too. <laughs> the standard. All the, the music, the, um, uh, the worship style. The, the uh, programs. The program, the stage, the smoke, the mirrors, you know, all the stuff that goes with it. Um, that is all out there. And they're trying to be like us. So... Really, it's now a different stage of imitating the West, except in the, um, what, what should we say, the um, the areas that are more rural are out there where the national church is going in, and they were not a part of the Western missionary movement, shall we say, with all its parts and pieces. And they have gone in and started more indigenous styles of worship and prayer and um, order of service and structure and Bible study. I'm trying to think of prayer meetings. All of those things are totally, totally different now. And therefore, you can go in the same country and you can go from a city setting where there's a lot of internet, there's a lot of Westerners, etc. And you can go there and you can find an international church, which is just really the same style, English, and everything else in that country. So it's a, it's a transplant. And a lot of Westerners go to those. They feel more comfortable and things like that. And a lot of the nationals go. But then they have other churches in town that might be a little bit more culturally appropriate for those people. But then you go 20 miles out of town and you're out there in the bush well, man, it's totally different. And um, it, it goes then to their style of worship and music and everything that's been in their culture for hundreds and thousands of years. And then you've just going way, way back and they've got it with drums and their songs and their style of music and the cadence and everything of that nature. And is that because they've never seen... So is that just comes naturally to them? It seems appropriate because that is, as you say, natural, but that's all they've grown up with when they've done their own worship mm-hmm. of their own deities and their spirits and at the weddings and things like that. So it just comes over. So I imagine that would 
scare or put off some um, believers in the North American area who are thinking Um, it's not culturally appropriate? Well, they're so far out that the Westerners sometimes never get there. So (laughs) nobody's really getting offended about anything. It's just the difference. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. And it's not, here's the thing. It's not that one thing is right and one is wrong. It's what their culture is. It's what they've gotten used to. It's the way their culture has adapted and changed. And therefore, the problem comes when you try to put a level of correctness on it and say, well, ours is good and their style is bad. I run into this all the time when when you go into various cultures of the world and you take, say, Westerners in, and they look at the uh, the way people dress and uh, they don't have this modern convenience and they don't do this. And, and they get criticized because they're, they're not as far progressed, shall we say, mm-hmm. in a Western terms. And therefore, we look down upon them and that they're, um, they're so far detached from the reality of modern mm-hmm. technology and things like that. So people look down at them and say, well, why don't they do it our way? Well, that's... But why should they do it our well, way? Well, why? Right. It doesn't make them right or wrong. It's just the way they are. And we cannot seem to live with each other on the planet anymore, allowing a person to be different. It's just amazing. Or a, or a people group or a, uh, something. We want to make everybody like us. Right. And that is a problem. Now, in the Western Indigenous national churches, we don't run into this problem at all because at Empower, we don't deal with it. We deal with the culture the way it is, that national church, what they're doing, et cetera, like that. We just bless them where they are. But at the same time, they really um, have a have a worship that their people can understand. Prayer meetings. Let's get off worship now. Mm-hmm. Prayer meetings. Like nobody told them that they do 10-minute prayer in a worship service and that's it for the week. Uh, You know, nobody told them this. So they'll pray for hours. They have Thursday night prayer meetings in China that run all night long. Um, They've um, got—oh, I'm just trying to go around the world. They've got worship services in Ethiopia that are very, very formal, um, but very intense and very long. Um, in um, some other countries like Vietnam, they'll have worship, singing two songs, pray, singing two songs, pray. When I say pray, I'm talking about 10, 50. The prayer is longer than the song, okay, <laughs> which is uncommon. Right. And so that keeps going. Then you've got Bible study. Well, we've got our thing that we've been taught over the years, and it's not bad. It's it's very, very good. But it's it's sort of like, okay, you do half an hour devotions in the morning and half an hour devotions at night. And half an hour. That, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> and in that, there's 20 minutes of um, Bible study, 10 minutes of prayer. And if you are the type, you throw in a song at the end or something. Mm-hmm. I, you right. know, everybody's the got their sure. own thing. And many churches give patterns as to what is good. And those patterns are great. I'm not knocking anything. That's the way we've sort of standardized what we do. Well, when you get into some of these newer indigenous national churches in the middle of nowhere, um, devotions and study of the Word of God takes a whole new new picture. For instance, in Ethiopia, you'd be sitting around a coffee shop because coffee's big for them. They pull out their Bibles and all the guys are sitting around and they study and they have coffee. And this can go two, three hours. This is a daily thing. 
it's like sitting at a North American coffee shop and um, getting all the guys sitting around tables and saying, okay, what, what does this verse mean? What does this verse mean? You might or, get kicked out doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But over there, it's, it's very, very common. Then you go to a pastor who makes house calls, and I know house calls for pastors aren't normal these days, but at the same time, um, you'll get a pastor over there going around from place to place, and they have, when the pastor comes down, we're having church. What's the church service? Well, we're going to ask him our questions. And so he'll preach on the questions. Yeah, I like that. And then he'll do that and what God's laid on his heart. And then he goes to another village or another area and does the same thing. Then on the way out of town, okay, I think we're going to go over there because that lady's sick. So why don't you guys bring all the sick people over to that hut and we'll pray for all of them while we're going out of town? Yeah, okay. It's spontaneous. It's fluid. It's the need of the moment. It's nothing prescribed. Nobody sort of is writing it down in a book and saying, this is what you do. So it's very refreshing. And I love to hear the stories simply because it's become the center of their life. That would be devotions and prayer and worship and all those things. Everything revolves around the relationship with God and deepening it. And that is very common in the new national churches in all these countries that we're going to right now. And um, in the Western, we still compartmentalized um, how we approach God, how we worship, how we pray. Everything's compartmentalized into a small system where it fits into our life rather than being the center of our life. Hmm. So... That's the sort of thing that I, I was wanting to Well, convey. and you touched on a lot of countries, but what about India? Like, does India look similar? Because I know that they have a lot going on revival-wise. India is, is a lot the same. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, Western missionaries went in there and um, colonized India, brought the church with them and the style with them, and I'm sure they've had this. I've noticed when I go over there, it's got some form to it, but at the same time, it's got a lot of um, indigenous style, and um, they have just had a revival over there um, after COVID and during COVID, etc. And the church has been sparked to a new depth of study, and people are sharing the Word of God eagerly with, with other people. They're studying, they're praying. Usually they have devotions, shall we say, for lack of a better term, or their family Bible study after they cook their meal at night in the darkness around the, the cooking fire, and they'll have that or they'll tune in on their um, um, their telephones, on the data, and they'll get a, a YouTube on, and somebody right. will do that, and then the pastor comes to town, and they do a lot of this sort of mix and match now because India is a mixture of Western culture that has permeated a lot of areas. There's still a lot of remote areas that haven't been, but it's permeated. They've got a history, but they've also got a freshness that comes in with their indigenous music and their indigenous style. And so when you have a revival, a revival changes a society. What it does, it puts God back in the center. And when a church is backslidden, it goes off to God goes to the edge and that's why it's always talks about, and Revelation is a good one on this one, return to your first love. What does that mean? You're putting God back into the center. And in India, God is back in the center now in many churches, many people's lives. And they are operating out of that, which means that there's more time taken up in the day to have worship, personal devotions, getting together with other people. 
um, um, finding ways throughout the week rather than just sit around and loaf around and watch the television, that they gather together for intense times of fellowship, worship, and prayer. So this is all that's going on. And we're missing, I would say we're missing a lot of that intense fellowship and community gathering here in North America. It seems to be quite different. Well, we've always been individualistic here. Right. And, And even our families, nuclear families, have become very distant from one another. Right. And families are always trying to glue together the parts of their family. And they're always trying and struggle with that. It's the same thing with the church. Pastors struggle all the time in the West to try and keep their churches together because there's so many forces that are trying to pull them apart. And when you have overseas, you don't have those sort of things. In most villages around the world, you don't have a, a competition between evangelical churches in programs and everything else like that. It's a matter of there's only one church. That's the body of Christ. This is the church in this village or in this town or in this, and they, there's nothing else going. So therefore, they want to come together. So you put a, an intensity into that body of believers. There's nowhere else to go and they don't want to go anywhere else. And they will come and they will be part of that fellowship growing in their numbers. It takes you back to the book of Acts whereby they were continually together, it says, and they were praying and worshiping and sharing food and all of these things. That was community. So today we are losing it in the West. They are gaining it overseas. And this must be why the church is growing, because if you're if you're having this kind of fellowship and community and you're in, say, a more remote area, then the villagers are watching. They're paying attention. Oh, yeah. they, they can't help but be exposed. Joy, everybody wants to be part of the family. Okay, and I go back to this all the time, that the, the fact that this is why people go to bars. Um, basically, right. they want fellowship. They want a clan of people. Now, unfortunately, it's around alcohol, but they want a clan of people or their, their family to be a part of. We're social. Right. And therefore, overseas, when they see a family of strangers, shall we say, or unassociated, non-biological grouping together— and they see this and they see each other treating each other nicely, really like a family, then the others get jealous. Right. And the others say, what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> sort of like, um, can, can we put part of the family? Well, that's why it's called the family of God. Huh. And therefore, you have God inside you, the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Oh, now you're part of the family. Okay, well, that's simple. So what do I do? And then they ask, how can I be a part of the family? It sounds so simple. Why are we struggling here in North America? Uh, well, it's... it's it, <laughs> yeah, that's a question. For, that's for another day. Yes. Yeah. Um, before we end this, what about Serbia? We touched on some other countries, but with the gypsies in Serbia, the Romani people, yes. are they different from the Western, like the North American church? Like, is their culture permeating? Uh, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Western over there, European. Mm-hmm. That's been right. going for a long, long time. And um, they, they've, they're, they're more family oriented and in the, in the villages I've just, you know, were, was in or ran a little while ago. Here I am going into these villages and um, it, it's funny because they, they cherish getting together with one another and they sacrifice a lot to be in each other's company. So literally they were squished. <laughs> into this church and this other church, like a church that holds 700, easily in Romani terms holds a thousand. Okay. And um, they just squish in. And so somebody's bumping you. Well, it's not a big thing. Right. Um, do they have food? Yeah. They, they serve food sometimes. What is it? 
Well, it's a piece of cheese between two pieces of bread and a bun. And they thought, this is great. We're having a banquet. <laughs> um, and they fellowship and they stand around and the kids don't complain. And, you know, somebody has a problem in the service. Well, nobody's complaining. So it's a family cutting each other a lot of slack. Right. And therefore, that is growing and everybody wants to come. The problem is so many people want to come sometimes. It's hard to accommodate everybody into the family. You have to have a bigger house or you have to have more houses or you have to have something like that. And that's where it's hard in some of these situations like in Serbia where they don't have meeting places just generally. Right. And therefore, you're trying to find a large meeting place. They just don't do that. So um, that's a bit of a different situation, but the principle is still there. And like you said before, uh, Empower works in so many countries with so many different cultures. We don't come in to try and change the culture, change the traditions that they have. We just come in to bless them and help them where we can because exactly. they know their culture. They exactly. know what's going to work. Well, it, 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 it pushes people away when you throw at them a system, cultural system, that they don't understand or appreciate. Yeah. And, and that therefore, doesn't fit within their culture. No, no. It would, it would be like in the early days, um, if in the early church, which was a Greek, Roman, various other factors, right. civilizations all pushed together. Um, if, if, you, if you started to bring in something from Germany or if you, um, in those days, or if you brought something from another part of the world and superimposed it, the people would just be shaking their heads, turning them sideways and say, what is this? It just, it doesn't fit. It's like talking another language. So the culture, as you say, Care, is absolutely, you, you go and deal with the way God has arranged that culture and those people groups and guided that. And that's a body of people and you operate within it. You don't change it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's something that hurts, hurts me after a while. In all the years that I've uh, been going overseas and working with missions and everything like that, there are only a few things that really hurt. This is one of them. When people go in, criticize, and then try to change, alter. And it's sort of like, can't you just leave it alone? Mm -hmm. Just like God is working with these people in the midst of what has been developed over the centuries. He was in charge. He guided this. So just inject the gospel into it, give them from afar everything they need. They'll take care of it. And here's where you trust God, the Holy Spirit, to put it all together and for Jesus to build his church within that culture. It's really simple, but yeah, just, we want to change it. Just to do we trust that the Lord will do. That's it. Right. It's a matter of trust. Mm. Well, thank you. I, I really like what Kara said because it um, it's just another example of why Empower is different. <laughs> 